You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. One of my favorite times of year. When a new Wes Anderson movie comes out. Fuck you, haters. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. You're cool. Fuck you. Always comes out in fall. The tweest time of the year. <laughs> yeah, and who are the haters? And fuck them. Really? I, I can't explain. I, they're, they're, lots. They're, 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 they're lots. They're folks who are just like, oh, God. I think we were in the theater with one of our friends who is one. Like our friend uh, Martin. He has always told me, I don't really like Wes Anderson films. And I'm like, I don't get it, but you're also one of I, the most in- insightful guys I, I know. I think it comes down to not everything is for everyone. Yeah, I totally get it. It's the same way that, like, some people don't like twee indie rock. I can listen to Vampire Weekend until the cows come home, and one of my friends can be like, those guys can't play their instrument. They're, they're too contrived. Blah, 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 blah. And I, hey, man, I get it. It's not for you. Yeah. I worked with a guy who's who roommate did with Wes Anderson's brother, and he hates Wes Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna ba- he's gonna base his hatred of Wes Anderson on based on Wes Anderson's brother. Now we have to get it. Was it because his Wes brother Anderson's was an asshole? Brother. I don't know. He he met Wes Anderson. He says he showed up to print the script to Bottle Rocket with the Wilsons there okay. to go show it to people before he filmed it. I mean, it was a long time ago. Forget but, about it. Yeah, uh, he, he ended his story with I hate his movies. It. By the way, and I was like, that's a weird way to end that story. But okay then. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, his new movie is called The French Dispatch, and I know for Wes Anderson fans like us, we were slavering for this one. Like, oh, please, please put it in my eye holes. I want to see it's this It's been a so while. Bad. It's and been so long. watching the trailer for this, I was going, this is like the mega cast. I mean, all Wes Anderson films have a mega cast of stars, but this one was like, holy shit, like 99% of the trailer is just them showing you who's in this he, fucking He thing. really, like, got his old-fashioned 1960s era telex you know, and, like, you know, sent out a, a message to all of the vintage era Telexes, he gives all of his regular actors for being in his films. And, you know, everybody was just like, hey, I'm doing a film, all hands on deck. And everybody was just like, sure, no problem. And now Whatever I'm doing, I'm, I'm in. With the trailer, they also have like a list of other people like, holy shit, Christoph Waltz and Lee yeah, Schreiber. And so it's like, many what people. What the fuck? They didn't show that in the trailer. There's A-list actors who literally don't even have a single line of dialogue in this and are just on camera for seconds. Because who says no to being in a Wes Anderson film, quite frankly? That's true. I mean, if you Wes call Anderson me tomorrow, castles, I'll be like, I'm sorry, honey, we had a good run, but like, I gotta go. Saoirse Ronan is arguably one of the most marketable women on the face of the planet right now. Yeah. And she, her character is called prostitute chorus girl number one well this uh, focuses on a small 
newspaper or a small magazine. It's a magazine. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. like a New Yorker type of deal. It's, it's, but but it's, based on the Paris Review. Right. And it's set in a fictional Paris town that is, of course, because of the Wes Anderson film called Henri. 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 The full name is Henri en Blase. <laughs> I was like, I laughed so hard right off the bat. I was like, oh, I'm going to like this. And the newspaper publisher, Bill Murray, as Arthur Howitzer Jr., who's been publishing this and established from the start that he has died. And this is the final issue of the French Dispatch, because in his will, he was like, after I die, melt the presses, it's over. And it's basically an anthology following each of these authors that we meet, all played by very well-known actors, and the story that they wrote in it, usually narrated by them, and sometimes just flat-out starring them as if they're deeply involved in the story themselves. And it is the most Wes Anderson, Wes Anderson film ever made and i mean that like eyebrows raised like spock single yeah. eyebrow up he he, like a, he pulled the wes anderson mobile into exhibits garage and said you wes anderson the fuck out of that wes anderson mobile i mean he wes anderson this the way nicholas cage nicholas caged his later career <laughs> like, I, I mean but at the same time it's also his wildly his most experimental and chance-taking film that he's mm-hmm. ever made. And I think for sure, this is going to separate the wheat from the chaff for Wes Anderson fans. I don't know what to tell you, man. Cause like you I'm a hardcore so? fan and I think that there's going to be fans who are going to be like, it was too much. It's very, very, very dense. They and, just have to make their jeans tighter and they'll understand it. It's the only, <laughs> Wes, it's the only Wes Anderson film I walked out of going, I have a lot to unpack from this movie and to think about, and I don't think I completely understood everything that he was trying to do, but I never was not completely just in a state of delight watching it happen. He's Wes Anderson has been delivering up like very fine haute cuisine for a distinguished palate for a long time. And this is just like one of those like weird ass fucking chefs that has come out of retirement. And he's like, I'm going to make a 20 course meal and I'm only allowing 15 people to be there. And you're one of them and enjoy. And it's just like every bite you take, it's like, Oh my God, there is so much happening in my mouth there's so much Wes Anderson then, in my mouth and then he's like try the next said. dish <laughs> yeah. like, but I'm not done chewing yet there's so much there's so much French Nouvelle Vague in this bite I said this when we left the theater this is his most interesting film it hands fucking down there's a lot to think about here there's a lot to unpack in each segment while decidedly Wes Anderson has its complete different feel there are run-throughs things that go all the way through this like a rapid switching between black and white and color that initially i thought had something to do with characters having aesthetic appreciation of something because i was like oh it seems like whenever they're like someone seeing art or someone tasting food is when it switches to color but then it did it other times too so i'm like okay well maybe my theory is invalid it's appreciation some of it's there i also noticed that it would kind of reflect other directors work and you know sometimes it's just like oh i i want to do like you know something that's very reminiscent of the early french new wave that bam you're in black and white and all of a sudden like the entire mise on scene changes like because when this begins you get almost like one of the stop motion effects like they built the town of, of ennui and it's obviously on a sound stage yeah. the wes anderson version of a french town with all that 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 entails and then then something will switch and you're in something like oh wow no this is this is very realistic and you're getting it from an angle that Wes Anderson doesn't use very often and I mean, the, he's deeply invested yeah. here in tributing his influences which are points where he goes off 
the Wes Anderson rails into now I'm trying to make like a Genet film or Tati film or a even there are points that are Fellini in here. Yeah, and I was yeah, like, like yeah. there's there's a lot of Jack Tati in this. And, you know, the thing about Wes Anderson working in black and white is that he one of the things he's most famous for is his color palettes. I yeah. mean, they're fucking like maniacally meticulous in this he he does away with that and then like he'll give it to you in a flash yeah like a bite of of the food that is really resonating in in the middle of the same scene he'll just like change the angle and suddenly it's in color or suddenly it's in black and white and you're like oh so you see both sides but he is always been the master of the mise-en-scene the setting up of the entire like perfect symmetrical beautiful setting every detail perfectly thought out and reflecting the atmosphere of what the scene is supposed to represent and here it's like happening so fast and there's so many beautiful scenes it's like the world's most expensive broadway play that everything is stagey but they're just rushing by you with one thing after another of these gorgeous sets and gorgeous details that i'm like stop i just want to press pause (laughs) did anyone think uh, there was there's one part knee deep in one of the stories, it, like because like every story has another story that's going on and another story yeah. going on at the same time. There's one part there was actually like a play going on, and yeah. oh, that play part's amazing. Yeah. Play part's amazing. And then I was like, wait a minute, why the fuck have we not seen oh just a Wes Anderson play? Yeah. Why doesn't he put on a play? Because he's got a dollhouse to build. I mean, he does. God, like, damn, because like, even the sets on the plug fucking play in the set itself, it's like, it's fucking amazing. He, he always, like, he, like Wes Anderson obviously took Stagecraft 101 up oh to, God. you know, the whole four years. Yeah. And, you There's know, you point, see that going back to the role of Tenenbaums, the little 100%. miniature sets. You, you, you see it in, There's in, that point in so many he was in class things. and they're like, ball by himself. And teacher's like, what are you? What are you doing? He's like, uh, I'm in stagecraft. Like, which one? 117. There is no 117. There is now. Yeah, I, I went to Yale and I made my own stagecraft class. I was talking to somebody before we watched the movie, and I'm like, if, if Wes Anderson hadn't been making movies, he'd be the weird fucking dude just building models in the corner. Yeah. All right. So I know we're way into the review at this point to do this, but hey, who's here? That's right. <laughs> right. Hello. Hello. Right. And then we've got Spider Mike. Hello, howdy, howdy. Spider Mike. Which I was surprised you were in. I didn't know that you even liked Wes Anderson. I was oh, like, dude, I love Wes really? Anderson. Mike wants to see this? I'm kind of excited and ha- and curious. It's funny the way I started watching Wes Anderson film is that I was obsessed with Bill Murray as a kid. And same with Michael Keaton, to be honest. So but you're like, I'll watch anything. I watched Bill anything Bill Murray. Murray was in. Yeah, exactly. And so I was like, oh, this movie Rushmore. I'm going to watch shit out because Bill Murray's in it. And I was like, I love everything about this movie and I need to watch more of this. Yeah, it was that moment where Bill Murray kind of broke away from his previous career where you were like, mm-hmm. oh, being that Bill Murray to the new Bill Murray. Serious yeah. Bill Murray. Yeah. 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 Uh, but not it. even serious, but like a different type of funny. Yeah. You know? Also, or Bo's dour. here. Also, Bo's here. In case Hi, I'm Bo, and I've been here the whole time. <laughs> Have you? you I notice. hadn't noticed. <laughs> there's, there's one thing I want to mention about the color that I, I did kind of notice is that a lot of the color changes tended to be ways of explaining that this is a different sequence from what they're talking about already currently. Sure. There's a lot of that as well. But there's one thing I was very impressed about, which is that it's used in a flashback sequence that's the origin of one of the people they're talking about. And it's used perfectly because the fact is the guy... Uh, they use as the past version of that character is very dark-skinned compared to the present-day version of that person, but you'll never notice because it's in black and white. Yeah. Huge cast. I'm not going to go into all the details of each character because really we'd be here all night because there's so many fucking characters. But the Just cast, start naming people who've been so in West Anderson. Bill Murray obviously plays the publisher, and then his writers, we've got Owen Wilson, Elizabeth Moss, Jason Schwartzman, Fisher Stevens, Griffin Dunn, Wally Waladarski, Angelica... Bet Fellini, 
Hmm, question mark. Angelica Houston is the narrator, and sure. uh, and there's a brief... Jarvis Cocker is the voice of Tip Top, a French pop singer. Mm-hmm. Which I cannot but, wait to buy this goddamn vinyl but for then this you get movie. Tilda Swinton, Benicio Del Toro, Tony Rev- Revolori, Adrian Brody, Leia Seydoux, and if you're one of those people who's like, oh man, she's hot. Oh, you, you should Jesus probably Christ. see this fucking movie. Jesus uh, Christ. Oh man, you're like, right out, the first time she appears, you're like, oh my god, is that Leia Seydoux? I just saw her in James Bond. What the fuck? Oh, oh. Oh, blue. yes, it's the woman's and, color. And that's, Got it. You also see, uh, like, a couple of things that you've never seen in a Wes Anderson movie before. Yeah. Lois Smith, Henry Winkler, which I think the whole audience cracked up, because I don't think we've seen Henry Winkler in a Wes Anderson movie. He's not been no, in mean, was, was, was like, obviously that was a surprise. I, I immediately went, yay, Henry Winkler's part of the Wes Anderson ensemble. Please let him play a big role in a future Wes Anderson well, film. It's also like, why isn't Henry Winkler and Bob Balaban not doing a buddy yeah. comedy together? Yeah, of course. F- right now, please do it. And Bob Balaban, uh, Dennis uh, Menashe, Francis McDormand, of course, Timothy Chalamet, who is in everything this year, apparently, Christoph Waltz, Jeffrey Wright, Matthew Amelrick. Am I saying that right? I love him, but I never remember how to say his name right. He plays He's the, French. The, the commissaire, a policeman. Liev Schreiber, Ed Norton, William Defoe, Saoirse Ronan. I mean, and there's- Saoirse. Saoirse Ronan. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, yeah, it is the language of my I know you've been, da- of the I know you've been dating. So, yeah. <laughs> Conan the Barbarian. There are points in this that I felt a little lost. This is so beautiful, but I don't entirely understand what's happening. Not at first. Like the first act with like Owen Wilson, which is a great setup where he, he's the first journalist. They do his piece and he's just bicycling around the city of Ennui and describing it in a way that's like a travelogue, except it's all about junkies and whores and like it, dead yeah, bodies like, in yeah, the This sewers. is the past it, and the future. But describing yeah, it, it, it as it, if it's charming. It, if you got like Rick Steves, the guy who writes uh, uh, travel journals for Europe yeah, and crossed right. him, crossed him with William S. Burroughs, <laughs> you would like have Owen Wilson's character character except he's on a bicycle and he's happy and it's great that like every single time like they explain their story they do that and then bill murray comes in and says like do you think we can cut that though yeah or, like, yeah. or do, like, yeah, they do a little I, bit of him as the editor going, yeah, yeah. Like, i feel like this could use some tightening here or something i fucking love this movie so much because like there's little moments like that where like they're having a little scene together with like his writer because they explain that bill murray's character is he loves his writers he, he's there for him. He, he's uh, going to defend him no matter what. He's going to pay them. He's going to do everything he can. And when he's like editing, he's like, well, what do we do this? And they're like, well, you have a point. But the next segment goes into the concrete masterpiece, which is Tilda Swinton basically <laughs> giving a speech at like an art sort of expo thing about the works of this great artist who is played by Benicio Del Toro, but who was a murderer in jail and his relationship specifically with a prison guard played by Leia Sedu, who becomes his muse. I think that was probably my favorite out of all of these, quite yeah. frankly. I was oh, like, this is ooh. enchanting and fascinating. It's a tough one. Yeah. And then revisions to a manifesto with Francis McDormand who's following around and sleeping with Timothy Chalamet, who's a young student revolutionary. I was never entirely clear what he was rebelling against. I, that is that is very purposeful. Yeah, I very, think that they, is very purposeful. Yeah, exactly. That, and it, it's kind of like his his tribute, because there, there are a lot of movies like fucking Godard love to make them. It's just like, ah, we are revolutionary! <laughs> and you're like, okay, great! Uh, what are we re- revolting against? I, I don't know, but uh, the, the teenagers are out, and 
and so are the police for some reason, and oh god, your guess. There's a great part where they're, they're reading the manifesto, but they don't actually read it. Yeah, yeah, they keep hinting at actually reading the manifesto and talking. It talks constantly about the manifesto, but you know almost nothing about what's in the manifesto. Yeah. Except we do know that it is very well edited. Yeah, it's and very well edited. <laughs> which I think is the point. You have the private dining room of the police commissioner. There's the Jeffrey Wright sequence, which I love that he's on a talk show with Liev Schreiber, who's like talking to him as like this famous writer. It's like, I hear that you are, I forget what the term he uses. He doesn't have a photo a, a, memory. A, he's a yeah. typographic memory. He has typographic, typographic memory, memory and Wright's character, he is dead ass playing James Baldwin and he's <laughs> fucking amazing. Oh, yeah, it's exactly. so good. He's just like, yes, I can remember every re- word that I've ever written word for word. And he's like, well, why don't you just read out this article that we're here to talk about? And so he does and intercuts between that and the, you know, the version that where he's involved with, with the son of head of the, this police group, the commissioner. He's the commissioner of the police force of the city. Right. Um, but and- he's not there for that. He's yeah. there because they have this famous chef, Nescafe. Who's a lieutenant. Yeah, who's actually a, a real police officer. And, but he's like the chef who like makes all their food and they become very famous well, for the police. Well, he, he has developed the specific cuisine, cuisine that yeah. like cops can, and I should add the, the modifier, French cops yeah. can, can eat on stakeout that is still like it's amazing but it doesn't have like tendencies it's like not crunchy. There's, there's nothing loud there's yeah. nothing crunchy it won't food. alert anybody it's cr- you know? that's right yeah, but, it, but it's quiet. still it's still like this amazing like five-star cuisine but he gets caught in the middle of this like the kids got kidnapped and it turns into this massive action sequence in a way which i never thought i'd see in a wes anderson film but like of them and to be fair he animates it he doesn't yeah, like and your, it goes into yeah. an animated thing which is very brilliant and uh of, like French comic strips. Yeah. Like right yeah. off the bat, I was like Baby Nemo. I was like, oh, this is like that yeah. sort of thing. I was like, wow, this is um one of the first people I thought of when I saw it was Chris Ware. Yeah. Who's yeah. like and because it's like it's incredibly well drafted. Yeah. It, who Chris it, Ware was admittedly copying from those same sources though. Well, very influenced by them, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everything in here is like dripping with French, and there's never been a question as a Wes Anderson fan that he's a big fan of a lot of things that are French in general. But this is his whole love letter to his influences, and but it's not just French stuff. There's other stuff here. There's a lot of stuff that's like, uh, like there's a list of at the end of literally the people who are writers and artists that he wants to give specific. It, yeah, it, yeah, it's right, and it's like it, James Thurber stuck. It's out a, to it's me a love well. letter to there was a whole expatriate literary movement of Americans going to France that is still going on today. The Paris Review is still very much published. It it was a major thing and obviously a, a major influence on him. But the people who, you know, contributed to this were, were people that, that, you know, like James Baldwin. E.B. White, uh, who wrote The Once of Future King. His wife, who was also an incredible journalist. Focusing on these American journalists in France. Also, there's some great bits in the Jeffrey Wright thing about being an expatriate and, you know, feeling alien, even in your own place, which, you know, obviously James Baldwin is an expert in. Every 50 minutes of this, it's another course even though there are only three vignettes, supposedly. But every 50 minutes, you're, you're like, man, I, I'm diving into something new. And I, I agree that I never felt lost, but it's definitely like you're driving a very, very well-tuned-up sports car that is like the that shifting gears. All you've driven is Toyota, as you'll yeah. be like, oh, shit, you're, I'm grinding you're, it. You're, <laughs> driving, you're driving like a really well-taken-care-of Citron down the Alps. Yeah, and some of the, and the writing style, they make a point of the, the way that each narrator 
is doing it is so different. Yeah. That, like some of them are more immediately accessible than others. And some of them are super dense. Like Jeffrey Wright is. Oh, oh kinda, my God. Is delightfully dense. Th- there, right? there like, is. There- so like million dollar, like phrase after a million dollars. Yeah, there's this point where, where like, Leif Schreiber is playing the the interviewer, and, and he's like, oh, let, let's get back to that. And I, I was just about like, just get him a fucking phone book to read! We're fine! <laughs> it's, it's, one of the, it's one of the few movies that you th- see, like, they're about, like, artists or writers. Like, oh, they're the best writer in the world. They're the best artist in the world. Like, did he just, like, show that and actually prove it with these characters? Because even, like, with Benicio Del Toro's character, the art that he was making was like, that's, that's not like, I mean, for bad. abstract artists, for abstract good. artists, yeah. it's actually pretty fucking it's yeah. very good. Yeah. And, and I'd be and curious the, to see who actually writers. did that work. Yeah. 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 yeah I, like, I know from abstract art and the, the stuff that they were using. And yeah, it is like one of the characters brings up. If you look at it peripherally, it, it's like, Oh wow. That's, that's really amazing. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Uh, well, let's go to final thoughts, right? Get us started. Oh my gosh. I, that's I, right. Right. You first. I know. Deal with it. Oh God. I, now, mean, I want you to say it all in iambic pentameter. <laughs> I don't even know what the hell that is. Um, <laughs> but I'll explain it to him. No, don't. So, don't, 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 don't. Don't. In this 10-page essay, I'll explain. <sighs> Wes Anderson, I love him. The first movie that I remember, like it was yesterday, my mom forced me to watch Rushmore, and it really opened up my world to this other like independent filmmaking. It was meticulous. It was essence of like Scorsese like with this like really extreme detail, and then like getting to this point now and watching Wes Anderson's career, getting to this point... What's so great that he does every fucking time. He surprises me and he evolves into something even better than the fucking movie before. It just delights me every single time I watch a new movie. His Great Budapest Hotel is a fucking masterpiece. Mm-hmm. And then I, watching I this argue is like, that the bulk of his films are kind of masterpieces. They're all masterpieces. <laughs> for, the most part, yeah. for the most part, Minus they all like are. Yeah. Isle of Dogs. I, yeah. I like it. I like Even it. His I love worst it. Film is still a really good film. It, yeah. yeah, his fir- his first film was just like right out of the gates. Was like, wow, you really had a vision and you know what you were doing. Yeah. And getting here now, watching this, I talk about this. With a few of my friends were like, it's like like you were saying a twenty two course meal. If you love Wes Anderson. You're not going to be disappointed. Yeah, you're basically Homer in hell with the donut machine going, Oh, you like Wes Anderson, do you? Like, well, I, have I all understand. the Wes Anderson in the world. Or, <laughs> more, more, more. Yeah, it's like, more. It's like he's broken 15 minutes. I don't understand. Jason Schwartzman went crazy after 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's so like delicious and delightful. And I cannot wait to see this again. It is so dense. I understand that like the Cohen brothers broke up in a way where Joel Cohen's doing like Macbeth and like Ethan is like, ah, I'm just going to sit out and not do this anymore. And he's going to do more like plays or just like write books. And like Wes Anderson, please do a play because this is so well done. And every single character is so rich and juicy. I mean, he- in defense of my community, that the, there are uh, amazing plays being written and performed every day. And you should check some of them out. Yes. Like yeah, of, course. Anyway, of course. Of course. Anyway, uh, enough about those silly plays. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the it's point fuck, is that Wes fuck An- independent theater. Wes Anderson would have to stage direct it and like, d- and do the yeah, do everything and like do everything. rule it and just like be like, meticulous like, about it. And make almost no money compared to a film. <laughs> 
So I mean, honestly, you could take that name. You could probably do a major Broadway production as like this is the, yeah Wes the Anderson Anderson's. into the dark. Yeah. It's finally happening. I'm just saying, like you could do with his style. Watching this, the way like the way he slides things in and out that all feel like a way. They're all like they all is like uh, yeah. okay. Yeah. There's, anyway, there's, yeah. oh my god, do I have to explain stagecraft 101 to you? Asshole? I know fucking stagecraft. God damn it, we're both in theater. God damn so, it. So in the end, I just adored this. It's kind of unfair at this point. I'm going to give it. 10 out of 10 uh, because I fucking loved it. It's hysterical. It's it's heartfelt. There was a moment that was actually kind of tearing up a little bit. Uh, and oddly enough, it was during the animated part. It's wonderful. It's fall. It's getting cold. It's Wes Anderson. You know you like it. Put on a sweater. Watch it. Uh, so I'm going to give it a 10 out of 10 old maids. You just give everything a 10 out of 10 these days. Jeez, right? You just love it all. Are you referencing you're something like, else? You're like a movie slut. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Spider Mike? Yeah, I know. I love this movie. Wes Anderson films. I, I've been, I've been a, such a big fan of them for so long. I think I'm the youngest Wes Anderson fan here in the world, possibly. Rushmore came out. When How I was old are very, you? Two hundred twelve years old. I mean, I know that he's three. <laughs> we know, he's not. Because I look, I looked up Rushmore right now, and I was eight when Rushmore came out. <laughs> I remember when we had to go down to the park and perform Wes Anderson movies ourselves. <laughs> Yeah, because this, this film is just, there's so much going on in it. Three different stories. The Owen Wilson thing is very short within it. The actual seeing of the writers themselves is, is basically the bookends of the front and the end. It reminded me the most of Grand Budapest Hotel and what it was telling. It's the last hurrah of this thing. Like, I wanted more. When the third story was done, I'm like, okay, who's the next one? It That's does have that expecting. same elaborate dollhouse construction feel yeah. that the Grand Budapest Hotel had specifically. Oh, 100%. There's a lot of moments. There's a, there's a great one of an, of an airplane, of actually two airplanes of the dollhouse sequences that would worked really really well everyone's gonna have a different one of what their favorite of the stories is gonna be i can already tell mine was the third one to be honest all of the the lighting and everything that they do with even black and white and using the color to emphasize certain things as well as letting you know where you're at during the story which i got lost but i never got lost if that makes sense you got lost in it but you never got lost from the story yes exactly and i just i loved it every fucking minute of it i would have to give it 10 out of 10 wow new muscles this is your first 10 out of 10 i think is it really i think it is i love this this is my first time if if you love wes anderson you're gonna love this movie like fucking period bo obviously anyone listening to this review knows we stand we stand hard I stand really hard. Uh, I am a huge Wes Anderson f- fan, and I really enjoyed this. And if Chris hasn't already said it, I, I believe he did, but this is something that I'm just like, I want to buy this and watch it again immediately so I can start to unpack it because it is dense. It is like this incredible meal you have that you like wake up three, four, five nights later going like, Oh wow! I'm I'm just kind of recognizing that flavor that, that was in my mouth. That was and that was amazing. And putting it all together as a whole in my head is 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 amazing. The only thing really negative I can say is if you're not a fan or you're just kind, you know, every now and then you see a Wes Anderson movie, and you're just like, oh, I thought that was okay. You know, this is probably not your meat. If you're ever one of the person who's used twee as a negative. This is not for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't waste your time. But but if you are one of those people who, you know, ha- has had a very good experience with Wes Anderson, I definitely watch this. So Wes Anderson movies, you can kind of break down into his earlier movies were all about family. His later offerings really kind of since Moonrise Kingdom on have been about romantic love, either very fulfilled romantic love or unfulfilled romantic love. 
Isle of Dogs is kind of an outlier, you know, it, like his animated stuff tends to be. I think he's he's kind of collecting himself, and this is so much an homage to all of his influences, and it's kind of a, a revisiting of all of his styles as well. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he is, like, doing both of those things and making them mesh this well is, man, there are very few filmmakers that can do that. If you And if you don't like his style, hey, man, I, I get it, but... You know, you got to give the man man props for his uh, cinematic chops because he's done some really incredible lifting here. He's made these three vignettes and the bookends very arresting. I had a lot of fun. I really kind of luxuriated in this movie. There are things that have moved me a bit more and been more poignant towards me just because they're exploring things with family and they're exploring things of romantic love. And that is, of its nature, poignant. And I didn't really get that poignancy here. Yeah, it doesn't but, have an emotional through line. Yeah. But that being said, like the craft and the taste and the flavor of this is so much that I couldn't help but just love it. I think any died in the wool Anderson fan is going to absolutely love it. And hell, you know, this might even be an entrance point for some people. You know, maybe they they haven't liked stuff with the through lines, but... Maybe this is different enough that they'll be like, oh, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I like it, it when it's, you know, when he's got the Gatlin gun of Wes Anderson it, going. It, it is. <laughs> and, and, you know, I think he's maybe doing a palate cleanser here. And, and you know, I, I look forward to seeing the, the next one. But I will take this warm Wes Anderson bath above just about anything else I've seen in the last couple of years. I give it an unequivocal 9 out of 10. Old issues of the Paris Review you find in your dad's garage, and you open up the the dusty box, and you start reading, and you, then you're just like, you know, I'm just going to sit here in the garage, and we're going to read these. Fuck you, your your dad, because mine was just Playboy. <laughs> <laughs> My dad just has tools in his garage for the most part. <laughs> Fair enough. It's the most Wes Anderson film that ever Wes Anderson. It is so much. Wes Anderson is fuck. It is so it's so much that I felt woozy at points because Wes Anderson is always a lot and there's so much to take in and like he moves so fast in his films that you're always like I'm still processing the last incredibly gorgeous insightful beautiful shot that you did and I'm not ready for the next one which follows up uh, so fast after it insightful beautiful shot it's a fucking painting it's crazy at the six civic center Wes Anderson this twee is hell get twee the dollhouse <laughs> Sponsored by some IPA you've never heard of. Domingo, Domingo, Domingo. <laughs> I don't know how to review this for anyone but another Wes Anderson fan. And I think that of all the directors out there that are really all about an incredibly distinctive style, of which there are certainly many, Wes Anderson is the guy I most like go, I consider myself practically a student of his works where I'm like, I want to read about it constantly. I want to watch them constantly. I want to understand how his mind works. I think he's fascinating and he stands alone. I've heard people who I feel like you don't know what you're talking about. Go, Oh, it's just like Tim Burton, but even more to I'm like, you don't <laughs> know fuck? what the fuck you're talking about. They are both the very distinctive visual filmmakers, but no. Is it <laughs> Have you heard of the 90 degree angle? <laughs> I just, I mean, he's the master of symmetry. And that being said, he also knows exactly how to do a symmetrical shot that's just offset in exactly the right way to make you not uncomfortable, but feel a amount of beauty in it because of that. A lot of yeah, like uh, the imperfection. He understands the beauty of the imperfection and he interrupts his symmetries with that in such a perfect way. I just love his movies and I love this movie. I, I think it's fantastic. The only real negative thing I have to say is like, 
First off, I wish I could just watch it again right now because it was a lot. It was almost too much. Dense as fuck. <laughs> I wanted, I'm like, I need to watch this again, but slower. <laughs> it, yeah, it's no, definitely no, one of his like faster dialogue movies oh, I've ever seen. It's faster seen. everything. It's so like, even fast. the cuts where they're showing like written print on screen are gone before you can finish reading them. And I'm like, Jesus Christ! There, there's a point like in the movie where like a character walks up at, like uh, or climbs up a, a tower. I was like, Wait, did I just see what I thought I saw? Like it was is so quick. It's a speed run of a magazine. It, That's it the thing. Like yeah. it's yeah. somebody reading a magazine real mm-hmm. fast. But I still loved it. Like I said, I'm still woozy. I, I feel like I took a hit to the gut and I'm like still having trouble catching my breath. I'm going to give this nine out of 10 really, really awesome weightlifters that were not given enough to do in the live action. Hey. Versions of it. <clears throat> they got their chance in the animated short. Yeah, that was cool. I love that cool. animated short, man. That I laughed great. so hard. It made me happy. I, I was filled with joy and I felt bad that I knew one of my friends was sitting right in front of me just going, mm. <laughs> No, and it's not, mm, it's like, uh, uh, guys, you're mispronouncing it. It's, oh. 